You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 69. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 69. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. How are you? Are you staying sane? Are you staying healthy? How are the kids? Everybody doing all right out there? Are you adjusting to a new normal? Is it getting easier? Is it getting harder? Are you getting freedoms in your state or are you still under lockdown? We got a little more freedoms here in California. We get to go outside more, I think is about it. (laughs) I think the golf courses are going to open up, which is going to be very exciting for somebody like me who likes to golf. Two things that I want to continue after this shelter in place, so far only two. Uh, Well, that's not true. I can think of a lot of good things. Like the planet is really winning and the animals and all sorts of good things are happening to our air quality. And that's all good stuff. I want that to continue for sure. But two things for myself personally is that I have more mental clarity. I used to be really, along with all the busyness, came a lot of mental clutter. And there's a lot more to sort through in my noggin. And with doing less, I find that my brain has less, it has to keep track of. So that's been nice. And then the other thing I really appreciate is that when I get to do something fun, it feels 10 times more fun than it would have before. So like the other day, I got to go for a bike ride with my girlfriend and we rode our bikes on a golf course because it was closed. So that was super fun and the weather was beautiful and it just made my soul sing. I mean, it was like so awesome because I so miss my girlfriend time and I miss being outdoors and physical and getting to combine them. And so it was like I won the lottery just to go for a bike ride with my girlfriend for an hour. So that's kind of fun. Like it's easy to make me happy. I don't need a trip to Europe or a, you know, big deal. I can just have one hour and feels like a trip to Europe. So that's kind of nice. But today we are going to answer a question from, oh, a very hardworking super mom. Today's topic is I can't stand watching my family relax. So I have a lot of super mom clients who have what I call a resistance to relaxation. And Melanie, this is sounding like her as well. So let me read her question. She says, help Tori, I have turned into a mom nobody likes being around, including myself. My husband is furloughed. My kids, 11 and 13, are doing some sort of half-assed online learning, and I am going 
nuts. I cannot stand to see them relaxing. They should be exercising in order to stay in shape for their sports. They should use this time to learn, grow, explore interests that they don't have time to explore otherwise. My son should be using this time to study, read, and get caught up since he struggles academically. At the very least, they should be helping me clean the house, work in the yard, learn to cook, and do laundry. Watching my family lay around all day is a huge trigger for me. I can't help but yell, nag, bark orders, clean frantically around them, hoping they pick up on my not-so-subtle hints. I am constantly fuming at their laziness, either internally or externally. I do have enough perspective to know that this is my issue. When I have a moment to step out of my fury and observe them, what I see are three happy individuals. They are loving this break and genuinely happy to lay around the house doing very little. Why can't I let my family relax and enjoy this break from their busy lives? Melanie. All right. Well, Melanie, we're going to start with our educator answer, which is where I like to give some information. So first... I want you to notice that your family relaxing has triggered your brain to go into fight or flight. When our nervous system goes into fight, flight, or freeze, it's because our brains think we are in danger. So I kind of mentioned this in previous episodes about this polyvagal theory and comparing our nervous system to a traffic signal. The red light is the freeze state. This is safe for when our brains perceive like high, high danger. It doesn't mean that we only go into a freeze when we're in high danger. We could perceive high danger as, oh, I'm going to beat myself up for not exercising. (laughs) It's not, it doesn't match with reality. This is just our brain's perception that, you know, I'm about to get pummeled by my own inner critic. So the red light is the freeze state. The yellow light is the fight or flight state. This can look like worrying, arguing, frantic cleaning are all signs of being in this kind of medium fearful state. And then the green light is our playful and restful state. The most desired state to be in where we want to engage socially with others and we feel calm and peaceful. Melanie, it sounds like your family is in the green relaxed state and you are in the yellow state of fight or flight. So the circuits in your brain have connected idleness with danger. The first step in dealing with the situation is to have compassion for yourself. Just like when your kid is scared, you show compassion. You're like, oh, honey, come here. Let me give you a hug. I'm sorry you're scared. There is no monster under the bed, but I can still be nice to you because your brain is telling you there's a perceived danger. Well, it's the same with ourselves, right? So for whatever reason, our brains perceive our family relaxing as dangerous, dangerous to their futures, dangerous to our ego, their moms, whatever. Somewhere... Melanie in your past, and for anybody else who's listening and relating to this, I know you're out there. Somewhere in your past, you had an experience where idleness connected with some sort of perceived risk or dangerous situation. As we like to say in life coaching, what fires together, wires together. Your past experiences could have been as simple as you're laying on the couch watching TV as a kid. 
and your mom walks in and makes you get up and do a chore. (laughs) So they learn that every time you start to relax, something will come along to take that relaxation away. Possibly. You could have been babysitting your younger brother and you were a super relaxed teenager or preteen. And you're like, oh yeah, babysitting my younger brother, that's easy. Until that one time when he got his head stuck in the stair railing and it was super scary. And you learned that bad things happen when you take time to relax. It could be that your mom had depression and spent hours every day in bed. You wished she was like other moms who took their daughters to extracurricular activities or social events. You learned that relaxation looks an awful lot like depression, and that scares you. You were, let's say, a mediocre athlete. Until one day, your coach threatens to kick you off the team or replace you. You kick in the fight or flight response and your performance skyrockets. Suddenly, you are greatly improved. You learned to equate relaxation with mediocrity and anxiety with success. Possibly, in your past, you were an excitement-seeking extrovert growing up in a family of quiet introverts. You learned that staying at home, relaxing, was more like imprisonment for your free spirit. So we have these experiences in our past, which can kind of wire our brain together. And life coaching is so valuable because it brings us up to present tense and says like, okay, is this belief that relaxation is scary? Is this actually helpful? Is it true? Do I want to continue to believe it? Because we don't really get to control what fires together and wires together inside our brain. It is not unusual in our culture to equate relaxing with laziness and laziness with disrespect and or failure. Many of us who grew up with the Protestant work ethic learned that we must earn our value by doing hard work. So many super moms hold the belief that it's not okay to relax when there is work to be done. And there's always work to be done. It never goes away. Our culture puts such a high value on hard work as a pathway to worthiness. This is where it gets icky. These beliefs are exhausting because as humans, we are worthy. Just because we have blood in our body, we have air in our lungs, we have value, we have worth. But when we think that we can only have value or hard work after we've put a bunch of effort in, It just doesn't sit right with us. Human beings are meant to rest and play a lot of the day. That's just kind of like we're animals. This is what we do. We don't, we're not designed to work all day, every day, out resting and playing. So thinking I can only rest at the end of the day when I've worked hard enough is like saying my value as a person is tied to how much effort I put in. And that's just not the case. We all have the same amount of value and worthiness no matter what we accomplish in a day. But every super mom I've coached who has a resistance to relaxation also secretly craves it. Or as Glennon Doyle Melton says in her book, Untamed, must be nice. Must be nice to rest in the middle of the damn day. Must be nice to feel worthy of the space you take up on the earth without hustling to earn it every minute. 
must be nice to rest and still feel worthy. I want to be able to rest and still feel worthy too. In order to allow your family to relax without it triggering your fight or flight response, Melanie, we've got to convince your brain that relaxing is safe. So the life coaching answer is when a super mom is afraid of relaxing, we start by connecting with her deepest desire. That part of her that craves relaxation, to be able to rest and not feel guilty, to feel worthy of relaxing and playing, even when she hasn't finished her to-do list or crossed a bunch of things off her list. There's the anxious part of Melanie's brain that is saying, all I want is for them to step up, work harder, move more, and do more. Can anybody else relate to that? All I want is my kids to do more, be more, get more done. It's like saying, I can't rest until they are as stressed as I am. I can't get to green until they move up to yellow. (laughs) I can't play and relax and rest unless they perceive danger and move into fight or flight. So that's one part of the brain. But the other part of the brain underneath the anxiety says, I wish I could relax in the middle of the day and not be afraid. I wish I could be more fun, more playful to be around. And we think I can't until they step up. We've created this little formula in our head. Like I can be more playful and fun if you guys will work harder and take up some of these chores so there's less for me to do. But it doesn't work that way. Melanie's deep desire and a lot of the super moms that I coach is to overcome the fear of relaxation, to be able to relax without feeling guilty, pressure, stress. Right now, the only way to alleviate the pressure and the guilt is productivity. But (laughs) you can't just keep working your way towards no pressure and no guilt. Like It just doesn't work that way. So in order to decouple idleness with danger, we want to connect with the deeper desire to overcome the fear of relaxation. And to do this, we need to find evidence that it's safe to relax. So if you struggle with giving yourself permission to relax, try these little exercises. Number one, think about a time in the past where you relaxed, laid around, and still felt like you were being true to yourself. Number two, Remember the last time you caught yourself staring into space for a few minutes? Did anything bad happen? Did the house catch on fire? Or did life continue normally? Number three, think of a mom you admire and ask her if she ever relaxes in the middle of the day. Ask her if anything bad happened when she did this. We just need to build evidence for our brain to start to disbelieve that relaxing is scary. So think of an accident that happened in the last few years in your life. Something bad that happened. Your child got hurt. The dog got out. You started a grease fire in your kitchen, whatever. Were you relaxing at the time? And did your relaxed state cause the accident? Number five, write a list of the benefits of relaxation. It improves your immune system. 
It improves your sleep. It gives you access to more creative ideas. It improves your memory. All the benefits that you can think of to come from relaxation. Just write it all down. The brain likes evidence if it's going to entertain an alternate thought like relaxing is safe and good for me. Once your logical brain is on board, decide to make learning to relax without stress your corona goal. Repeat to yourself, I want to learn to relax without being afraid. And I keep using the word afraid, even though I know you're probably listening to this saying, well, I'm not afraid. It's just stressful. I just feel guilty or I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like, but I kind of like reminding my brain that it's fear because it seems sort of silly to be afraid of relaxation. (laughs) There's that logical part of my brain that's going, um, yeah, being afraid to relax does not sound aligned with my values. That's what I want. And so I'm purposefully using that word. So once you do that, you give your brain some evidence, you got your logical brain on board, you've created your goal. Next, try some exposure therapy. So when someone is afraid of elevators, spiders, airplanes, whatever, therapists are taught to do something called exposure therapy. So exposure therapy slowly and gently exposes a client to the feared object or experience while keeping the brain in a relaxed state of social engagement. This play response, this green light state. So imagine sitting in the sun for one minute without guilt or pressure. Then set the timer and just do it for one minute. Guilt-free nothingness. The next day, try watching TV for two minutes. Again, set the timer and don't, do not allow guilt or pressure. You're going to focus on your breath and it's going to keep your brain calm and relaxed. If you start getting anxious, then back way up and make a smaller step. So if you say like, okay, I'm going to watch a TV show at night, you know, with my husband and you are sitting there and you're like 10 minutes in, you're like, I got to fold laundry. I got to do the dishes. I, I can't just, I'm starting to get restless. Then that's too big of a goal. And you want to back away up and say, I can watch for two minutes. And then I give myself permission to fold laundry. (laughs) Okay. I know it seems like laying around the house being lazy is the problem with the children and the husband, right? Like it's their problem. But you can't motivate or inspire your family from fear. When you're in a fearful emotion, your family is just like, they know they don't want to be like you. (laughs) It doesn't motivate or inspire them. And if you're just suppressing fear or feeling anxious, it's going to cloud every interaction you have with them. So focus on yourself first. Learn to shift into the playful green light state of social engagement any time of day. Practice this fluidity, your ability to flow from yellow into green, back to yellow, back to green. Then when your family sees you happily shifting from yellow to green, being playful and productive, you will be more likely to inspire them to copy you. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is trying to do exercise that you don't enjoy. This lockdown is such an excellent time to learn about ourselves. If you ever heard yourself say, I would exercise more if I had more time, 
Well, you may now be realizing that this just isn't true, that you have more time, but it's still not happening. So every body likes exercise. If you hear yourself say, oh, I don't like exercising, that's just not true. It might feel true inside your head, but your body will disagree with you. What keeps us exercising on a regular basis is finding the movement that brings the most joy. So you might not enjoy the exercise that you've chosen to do, that you're trying to force yourself to do, make yourself get it done, whatever. That might be true, but there's always some sort of exercise that every body actually enjoys. Some people enjoy competition and camaraderie. And so they are do great with team sports, but they get bored when they exercise solo. Some people enjoy gentle stretching, dancing, maybe even like gardening, tai chi, slower movements. Some people enjoy repetitive movements that kind of lets their brains go free, but their body's still moving where they don't have to think about it, like biking or running or even just walking. Some people enjoy recreational play, like frisbee, spike ball, horseback riding, flying kites. And some people love a good sweat and an intense workout. Be sure not to lock yourself into a singular definition of exercise for you or for your kids. Let everyone in the family seek out the activities that they enjoy the most. When you love what you're doing, it's easy to build a habit of physical fitness that will last. Today's Supermom Power Boost is social distancing outdoor games. With the weather getting better and some states opening up restrictions on certain outdoor activities, it is a great time to get outdoors. And this is the thing. There's some games that your kids can play with other kids. Now, little kids might have a harder time following the social distancing rules, but middle schoolers and high schoolers, they could really, they can get do this whether they do or not. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the kid, I suppose. But they're old enough to figure it out. So playgrounds and group sports are still off limits and discouraged, but there are some games that follow distancing guidelines just naturally. So your kids can get together with their friends, their cousins, their neighbors. You can meet up with another family and play another family, like on the opposite side of the field or the court or even just your neighborhood street. So I'm going to list some of these games that lend themselves to social distancing. And of course, you're all... Well, I should say, of course, I'm not a medical provider and you always want to wash your hands. These days, we're just all going to get better at washing hands, using hand sanitizer, you know, using your disinfectant wipes to wipe down all the equipment. Like that's just good practices that we can all just be do and be good at from here on out. But if you haven't played Speed Mitten, I would re to recommend this game called Speed Mitten. It's similar to Badminton, but it's got a weighted birdie and heavier rackets. So this shuttlecock flies farther, which forces social distancing. And you can play with two people, three people, four people, whatever. You don't need a net or anything. Particularly, you just have a big open field or a neighborhood street. And you hit this little birdie back and forth and it goes pretty far, pretty fun. You can play classic Frisbee or Can Jam, which is like this kind of pop-up little 
almost like a garbage can kind of thing, but it's got a slot in it for the Frisbee to go into it. And so it just makes it a little more challenging. It's more of a team sport. So you just make sure to like wear, you wear gloves while playing Frisbee because you're sharing that Frisbee and touching it back and forth. Or you can just like make sure you wash your hands, wash the Frisbee, wipe it down, all that stuff. You can wear one glove to pick up the shared ball on the tennis court or a pickleball. If you haven't played that, that could be fun. If you've ever wanted to pick up golf, I think now is the perfect time because the golf courses are starting to open back up and that has a lot of distance naturally. You don't want to be really close to someone else while they're swinging a golf club. And then bocce ball or classic cornhole, of course, you can play those games too. Just make sure that like only your family touches your bean bags or your only your family touches the same balls. So get out there, enjoy the, some spring weather, and maybe play some outdoor games to give you a boost of energy. It feels so good to get to socially interact with other people, especially if you're an extrovert like me. Today's quote of the day is by Glennon Doyle Melton. A woman becomes a responsible parent when she stops being an obedient daughter, when she finally understands that she is creating something different from what her parents created. Food for thought, mamas. Have a great day. Talk to you next week. And I'm also going to be doing a group coaching call on May 8th. So if you are not on my newsletter or my Facebook group, then go get on it <laughs> so that you can get the login call for a free group coaching call on Friday. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.